We just set the machines up. Okay, we're ready to roll. Watch it. Hey, knucklehead. It's time for American Knucklehead, an average Joe's take on the state of the nation. Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome back to American Knucklehead, a podcast of ill repute. I'm Crawford Smith, and it is good to be talking to you again. Nearly two years ago, I put this show on indefinite hiatus. I didn't know how long it would be until I made another episode, but the way things have been going in the last week or two, I just had to dust off the mic and add my voice to the increasing clamor. Now, there's supposedly a Chinese curse that goes... May you live in interesting times. Now, my Mandarin is pretty rusty, and my knowledge of Ming Dynasty aphorisms could also use some brushing up, but if this isn't an ancient Chinese curse, then it is definitely a modern American one. And friends and neighbors, we are definitely in the middle of a very interesting election. Alas, I say the middle because this 20-month-long train wreck that we call a general election still has many more months to go. However, at the time I'm recording this, March 4th, 2016, a few days after Super Tuesday, it seems pretty clear that Donald Trump is going to be the Republican candidate for President of the United States of America. Now that this interesting fact has finally begun to sink in, folks from all across the political spectrum are really starting to wig out, and rightfully so. There's all manner of wailing and gnashing of teeth as the realization has hit that we are presented with an egotistical, misogynistic, racist, money-grubbing blowhard as one of the two choices for position of leader of this country. If you'll allow me the indulgence of saying I told you so, I'd like to point out that this podcast has in the past fulminated on the flaws of our electoral system. Out-of-control campaign financing, the two-party system, and the Electoral College, which I'm pretty sure we'll be hearing about soon, they're all in need of major retooling. Certainly, our messed-up primary system could use an overhaul. We allow our choices for president to be more or less dictated by a handful of knuckleheads in the oddball states that happen to have their primaries first on the calendar. For example, the Nevada Republican caucuses, which arguably cemented Trump's front-runner status, was participated in by just over 75,000 people. To provide some perspective, Beaver Stadium in State College, Pennsylvania, holds nearly 107,000 people. Call me crazy, but I think there's something wrong with an electoral system that allows the choice of candidates to be dictated by less than three-quarters of a Penn State football game crowd. While I'm venting my spleen at my favorite injustices and all-American screw-ups, I will once again wag a disapproving finger at the American media, which I feel is responsible for letting things get this far out of hand in the first place. The media has been loving on Trump for ages. However, instead of calling him on his demonstrably false statements, they broadcast them far and wide in their never-ending quest for greater ratings and more advertising revenue. Now, there are some media outlets, like Fox News, that have never been anything but North Korean-style propaganda outlets. The troubling thing to me is that so many others have sold out their last shred of journalistic integrity for 40 pieces of silver. Hell, I'm old enough to remember when CNN was a respectable source of news instead of the digital version of the National Enquirer that it has now become. 
Cable news has so blurred the lines between legitimate news, entertainment, and advertising that it really shouldn't be too surprising that so many folks think that a reality TV star is a qualified candidate for president of the U.S. As Matt Taibbi put it in a recent Rolling Stone article, we in the media have spent decades turning the news into a consumer business that's basically indistinguishable from selling cheeseburgers or video games. You want bigger margins, you just cram the product full of more fat and sugar and violence and wait for your obese, overstimulated customer to come waddling forth. Well, the overstimulated voters have now come waddling forth to the polls and have all but guaranteed to put a gold-plated dingbat on the ticket for president. Well, as far as I'm concerned, it's an ill wind that blows no good, and since I am an eternal optimist, I choose to see this as an opportunity as much as a crisis. The crisis is obvious. The possibility that Donald Herbert Elizondo Mountain Dew Trump may be elected president of this great country. The opportunity is this. The Republican Party as we know it will effectively cease to exist. I know I've been hashing over many old beefs, and this is one of my favorites, actually. As you know, friends and neighbors, I have no love whatsoever for the Republican Party, and not all that much for the Democratic Party either. The lesser of two evils is still evil, but in this case, the greater of the two is so much more evil that it deserves to be extirpated. I had to look that word up. At one point within living memory, the Republican Party was a legitimate center-right party that seemed, at least occasionally, to have the interests of us American knuckleheads on their agenda. Take a look at Ronald Reagan's campaign speeches and policies to get a feel for this. I was never a big fan of the Gipper, but by today's Republican Party standards, he seems as progressive as, well, Hillary Clinton. Now, over the last couple of decades, the Republican Party has basically devolved into a tool, so to speak. Specifically, it has become the lever by which the gap between the wealthy elite and the rest of us knuckleheads gets pried wider and wider. The problem is that this makes for a really shitty campaign platform. Even the angriest and most ignorant woofer voter isn't going to go for a candidate who stands up and says, Vote for me so I can help a bunch of really rich bastards get even richer at your expense. Even in reality TV smitten America, that's not going to fly. So instead, Republicans have been conning their base, another appropriate word if you think about it, that all of their woes are due to a hodgepodge of scapegoats. Gay people that want to get married, Muslims, immigrants, pot smokers, the liberal media, the Dixie Chicks, Kellogg's Pop-Tarts, whatever makes a convenient target. The credulous, ignorant, and above all, angry woofer electorate laps it up. Logic doesn't enter into it at all. It's all emotional rhetoric and very negative emotions at that. There are a lot of angry people in this country, friends and neighbors, and I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't one of them. Odds are, you are too. The problem is that a lot of angry people are unable or unwilling to think past their anger. They allow themselves to be bullshitted by politicians who encourage them to vent their anger on groups they don't even understand, rather than getting them to consider the real source of this country's problems. Mountain Dew Trump told us how much he loves the uneducated. This is hardly surprising. The entire Republican Party loves the uneducated. It's how they keep getting into office. So it makes sense that right-wing politicians oppose greater access to medical care and education. The frightened and ignorant are just too easy to manipulate. 
When the health and well-being of you and your family are in jeopardy, if you don't toe the line at work to keep your rinky-dink health benefits, that's scary. If your education never extends past the lowest common denominator of this country's public education system, you're probably pretty ignorant. And when you have to go into hock up to your eyeballs to afford either one, it's going to make you pretty pissed. Now, I believe that if health care and education were made as readily available as they are in other so-called civilized countries, the woofer politicians would no longer be able to blame all of their misdeeds and chicanery on immigrants or terrorists or toaster pastries. What it all comes down to, friends and neighbors, is religion. Specifically, this country's national religion. I'm not talking about Catholicism or Protestantism or Judaism or any of that. I'm talking about the real national religion of the United States of America. Worship of the Almighty Dollar. Yeah, we follow him to the slaughter. Go through the fire and ash. Cause he's a doll inside our dollars. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Cash. Moses wigged out when he came down from the mountain and found his people worshiping the golden calf. But in America, we have no such qualms. The golden calf is grown into the golden bull, and his idol is placed very prominently right there on Wall Street. There may still be courthouses in this country that have the Ten Commandments posted, but implicit in each of the thou shalls is the additional condition, unless it makes you a buck. Okay, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole again lest I get too far away from the point that I'm pretty sure that I'll get around to making here. Bottom line, greed and money have infected our political system, and the Republican Party is the most egregious offender. They've basically done nothing for us knuckleheads, but they've moved heaven and earth to enrich the big-money plutocrats that fund their campaigns. Then they bullshit their frightened and ignorant and angry voter base to keep the process rolling along. At this point, some might argue that's why Mountain Dew Trump is a good candidate, that he can fund the campaign himself and will not be beholden to any financial donors. That, of course, is bullshit of the purest race sublime. Basically, putting someone like Trump in the White House is just cutting out the middleman and putting the big business fox directly in charge of the hen house. Okay, let's take a break and listen to some soothing music, why don't we? Build me up, buttercup, 
let me know Although you're untrue, I'm attracted to you all the more Why do I need you so? Baby, baby, I'll try to find A little time and I'll make you mine I'll be home, I'll be beside the phone waiting for you Music from Ass and Hammer, from the fine artists who brought you the Rudy Schwartz Project. Okay, back to the train wreck at hand. Typically, I try to stay out of political conversations at work, but sometimes my mouth opens of its own accord and I stick my foot right in. For example, I walked into the middle of this conversation the other day where one guy was explaining to another why he would never vote Republican. He was saying something to the effect that Republicans only represent the interest of the rich, and since he's an architect, he'll never have enough money to make it worthwhile for him to support a Republican. Side note, contrary to popular belief, architects get paid doodly squat. Anyway, this guy was making the same argument that I've been making. Since he'll never be rich, Republicans would never serve his interests, therefore he would never vote Republican. At that point, I felt compelled to say, yeah, but you might get brain damage someday and start voting Republican anyhow. Then I walked away. Now, it didn't occur to me till later that the other guy in this conversation was probably a Republican. Now, he's been giving me the hairy eyeball at work ever since, but he's a temp, so to hell with it. Now, more recently, I heard another co-worker explaining how he supported Trump because he would shake things up. I exercised a little more self-control this time, even though my first response was to jump up and holler, look, Donald Mountain Dew Trump is a trust fund dingbat who has made billions of dollars from the status quo. What impetus does he have to change that status quo even a little bit? He doesn't care about people like you and me. He doesn't even know any people like you and me. Then, once my medication kicked in, I calmed down and started thinking that my co-worker is probably right, although perhaps not in the way that he was thinking. I suspect and hope that the Donald Mountain Dew Trump presidential run will give the Republican Party the terminal kick in the cojones that it's been asking for. They've been trying to have it both ways for too long, serving the interests of the American aristocracy at the expense of us normal knuckleheads, and then turning around and telling us that some other nebulous group is the cause of all the misery, despite plenty of evidence to the contrary. Playing on fear and ignorance can get you a long way in American politics, but like everything else in this plane of existence, it won't last forever. This cognitive dissonance is finally starting to produce some backlash for the woofers and the Republicans, and instead of wigging out about it, I'm trying to sit back and enjoy the show. Here's what I'm hoping is going to happen. Trump gets the nomination, 
and get soundly beaten by Hillary or Bernie or Roscoe the Wonder Ferret or whoever the Democrats nominate. I mean really beaten bad. Walter Mondale bad. George McGovern times Barry Goldwater bad. The Democrats take the White House and both houses of Congress, and the Republican Party spins off into two new ones, a center-right party that resembles the true party of Lincoln and another far-right party that would be a haven for Tea Partiers, Flat Earthers, and other woofer cranks. Now, this is not without historical precedent. When my co-worker made his comment about Mountain Dew Trump shaking things up, I immediately flashed back to 10th grade history class and went off and did a little research on the Whig Party. The Whig Party was the two-party foil to the Democratic Party back in the middle of the 19th century. Even though it was fairly short-lived, it did put four presidents into office, Harrison, Tyler, Taylor, and Fillmore. It was deeply split by internal ideological differences, and after getting its keister whooped in the election of 1852, the party split. The more moderate members went on to form the, ta-da, Republican Party, and the more reactionary, racist, and virulently anti-immigrant faction went on to form the appropriately named Know-Nothing Party. Now, the name of this latter party, although really ironic and funny, had to do with the fact that it was organized along the lines of a secret society. Its members were instructed to claim to know nothing if they were asked whether they were members. It's not that they weren't ignorant, mind you. That's what makes it funny. That's the problem with ignorance, friends and neighbors. Those who suffer from it are too ignorant to know how ignorant they are. Which provides an excellent segue to a discussion of the Tea Party faction. For too long, these mouth-breathers have been allowed to set the tone of political discourse in this country. It's time that they were exiled to the margins where they belong and suffer the fate of their predecessors in the Know-Nothing Party. There are plenty of smart folks in the mainstream Republican Party who have already figured this out. Talk is rife this week of a brokered convention or some other devious way to get Mountain Dew Trump out of the way. Personally, I think it's already too late. In the time-honored tradition of American conservatism, they will not attempt to remove the tumor until the patient is already dead. Of course, my little dream scenario here is predicated on a number of events, not all of them particularly comfortable or even likely. First, it rests on the notion that Trump will lose badly in a general election. Badly enough that he would sweep a bunch of Democratic congressional candidates in on the old coattails of whoever the Democratic nominee is. Now, this is not a foregone conclusion. I may be grossly underestimating the fear and ignorance of the American electorate at large. Even if I'm not, there are still any number of sneaky backdoors built into our political process that could subvert the will of the people. The leading suspect in this scenario is the Weasley Electoral College. Like I said, I think we're going to be hearing more about this later in the campaign. Also, there's no telling if some sort of crisis, real or artificial, would scare the folks into supporting Mountain Dew Trump when November 8 rolls around. Never discount the possibility of a November surprise. A lot of power and money are at stake here, and those who feel that they may lose their grip on them could resort to any dirty trick, regardless of how low. Also, even if Trump loses and the Democrats take the hat trick of presidency, Senate, and House, there's no guarantee that the whole process won't happen again unless meaningful campaign finance reforms are enacted. And for as much shit as I've been flipping at the Republican Party, the Democratic Party in many ways isn't much better. 
they're basically just Republican light, with the main difference being that they're willing to toss us knuckleheads a bone every now and again while they're screwing us over on Wall Street's behalf. Oh, it is so interesting that I'm having trouble sleeping at night. Let me tell you, friends and neighbors, I'm hoping that my little Whig Party scenario comes about and that we can elevate the political process of the United States of America back up from the hateful, dick-waving spectacle that it has become. That might not be a realistic, so I'm going to limit my hopes to this. I hope during this campaign that nobody gets killed. It's pretty awful when that's the best you can hope for, but nowadays passions are so high and the level of discourse is so low that anything can happen. Woo-wee, friends and neighbors. It's just about time to wrap it up for now. First, I want to give you the official American knucklehead endorsement for the beginning of this campaign season. For the position of Sampson County, North Carolina School Board, American Knucklehead officially endorses Patrick L. Usher. Usher is your man on March 15th. That wraps it up for now, friends and neighbors, but given how interesting things have been getting, I reckon I'll be talking at you again real soon. Feel free to drop me a line at Crawford at AmericanKnucklehead.com. Special thanks to Ass and Hammer for providing their lovely cover of Build Me Up Buttercup. A tip of the hat to Mr. Terry Allen for the clip from his song, The Doll. And I thank you for listening to me rant. Y'all be good to each other out there. We're in this together. Ha, ha, ha.